here at Southside Bible Fellowship, we continue to believe that since the Bible is God's word, and that everyone who believes in Jesus is a child of God, let us say it together, the Bible is God's word for us. Father, we thank you again this morning. We thank you for your word and the opportunity that you give us to know it. The opportunity that you give us to believe it. So that, Lord, you may continue to transform our lives. And this morning as we listen to you, as we hear from you, we pray that, Father, you may accomplish what you intend to accomplish in Jesus' name, amen. Children, you are free to go. There are many reasons why people turn away from faith. There are many reasons why people stop going to churches or people stop attending the fellowships that they once held dear. There are so many reasons. But some people turn away from the faith when they are unwilling to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Some people turn away from the faith because the gospel is calling them to change their lifestyles. Some people turn away from the faith when the gospel confronts their behaviors. And because they are unwilling to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, they will choose to go somewhere else where they can hear what they want to hear. Because the temptation is always to want to remain who we are, while the gospel seeks and challenges to transform our lives. And every time you proclaim God's word in its truthfulness, Every time God's word confronts people to change, to repent, to turn away from their evil ways, the gospel will be seen as controversial. It is always seen as controversial when it confronts our lifestyle. When it confronts our behaviors, it is easy for people to dismiss it as your opinion or to call you names because they are not willing to submit 
to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's happening in the book of Acts in chapter 19, our text today. Paul preaches the gospel in Ephesus. If you remember in the previous passages, people come to Christ. God's transforming power is at work. The Holy Spirit convicts people and they repent from their evil practices and they confess it publicly. They turn away from the worship of idols, from the worship of this image of a woman called Artemis that is believed to have come from heaven. And because of that, they stop buying the images and therefore the people who are concerned, the businessmen, the manufacturers of the idols, complain about it. Their president is called Demetrius. He's a very clever, very shrewd businessman. He's a silversmith. So when he realizes that he's no longer getting the profit that he used to get, when he realizes that the gospel is confronting his economy, the gospel is touching a place that he doesn't want it to touch, his pocket. He calls other silversmiths. And he tells them, it says from verse 24 of Acts 19, a silversmith named Demetrius who made silver shrines of Artemis brought in a lot of business for the craftsmen there. He called them together along with the workers in related trades and said, you know, my friends, that we receive a good income from this business. And you see and hear how this fellow, Paul, has convinced and led away large number of people here in Ephesus and in practically the whole province of Asia. He says that gods made by human hands are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our trade will lose its good name, but also that the temple of the great goddess will be discredited. And the goddess herself, who, who is worshipped throughout the province of Asia and the world, will be robbed of her divine majesty. So because of that, in verse 28, 
When they heard this, they were furious and began shouting. Shouting, chanting the name of their God. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And soon the whole city was in uproar. The people seized Gashias, Aristarchus, Paul's traveling from companions and from Macedonia, and all of them rushed into the theater together. There is a riot. And this riot is against the gospel. The gospel that Paul is proclaiming. The gospel by its nature proclaims Jesus as the way. The only way. The gospel by its nature calls people to repent and turn to God as the only way they can be saved. The gospel does not give us options. The gospel points us to one person and one person only, and that person is Jesus Christ. It says that there is only one name given under heaven by which we must be saved. There are not two names. There is only one name. The gospel says there is only one God. Only one God. And so this is threatening to the businessmen because they have another God and they are in the business of making his images and selling them for their profit. So the riot goes on here. They are rioting because they don't want to submit to the truth. They are furious because the gospel is confronting their lifestyles. And this is, this is good for us to know. Because sometimes as Christians, we find ourselves wanting to, to confront people about their lifestyles. We want people to change as if their change will do something to us. The gospel has a way of doing that. And all you need to do as a Christian is not to focus on the lifestyle of a person, but to proclaim the gospel. Let them be offended by God's word. Let them rebel against God's word. Let them be furious about the truth and not about you. See, here we say that we seek to connect with people from all walks of life. That means people from every background. That means people with different lifestyles. 
That's a very dangerous statement. Because it says that everyone is welcome. And every time you take a stand like that, God will test you. And I believe in many ways we have been tested here. And there are times that we have passed the test. But there are also times that we failed the test. We seek to connect with people from all walks of life because we believe that that's what Jesus wants. Because we believe that Jesus has a way of transforming anyone. We believe that there is no one who is beyond God's power to forgive and to change. And we also believe that that God who transforms lives wants to use us. And that's where some of us fail the test. The God who transforms lives wants to use you to transform someone else's life. See, the reason I don't believe when people say, I love everyone, I don't believe that. Because I don't think you can love everyone. You may want to, but you can't. You should want to, you should desire to love people, the people that God brings to your life. But don't make a confession that you love everyone because love is a commitment. You can be nice to everyone, but when you talk about loving someone, that's a commitment. You love someone when you think about them. You love someone when you pray for them. You love someone when you reach out to know how they are doing. When you can be available when they need you to help them. You cannot do that to everyone. And while that may be a good statement, it is not a truthful statement. And even the people that you love can give you difficulties. It's not even easy to love the people that you already love. It should be our desire to love everyone but we should also understand that loving someone is a commitment. It's not just how you feel about that person. It's actually what you do with the commitment that you have. 
But here at Southside, it should be our goal that whoever the Lord brings to us, whoever the Lord enables us to connect with, we will love them. Because that's how we show them how God loves them. That's the gospel in action. Why do you think people oppose the gospel? Why, why do you think people oppose the gospel? That's a question. Can you repeat that? Threatens their lifestyles. Threatens their lifestyles. Mm -hmm. They don't want to submit to God. It requires them to make a change. This side. There's, there's too many rules. Takes them out of their comfort zone or what they think is their comfort zone. I don't think there is any comfort zone without Jesus Christ. Yes. They don't want to be convicted. They don't want to give up their interest. Someone else was... You have to put others above yourselves. We don't like that. I want to be the first one, right? Remember those kids that uh, were fighting for a pancake? They were, each of them wanted the first pancake. And their mother said, if one of you was Jesus you would have allowed the other one to go first. And then the youngest brother told his older brother, you be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> By nature, we like being fast, putting ourselves first. I think the other reason is because of Christians. I think we have misrepresented Jesus. And the image of Jesus that people have is not the Jesus that they should have. Is not the image of Christ that they should have. I think we have misrepresented Jesus. And I think one of the challenges that Christians are facing right now is to represent Jesus. The right Jesus Christ. Christians are said to talk a lot about love, but they don't show it.
we present ourselves as self-righteous people, even though we claim that we have been saved by the grace of God. There are many people today that have turned away from the faith, from churches, because someone somewhere misrepresented Christ to them. But the main reason people choose to oppose the gospel is because they believe a lie. It is because they believe a lie. They have embraced it. That's what is happening here. These people have believed a lie. And they don't want to hear the truth. I don't know if you've been to a situation where you, have, you are so used to your problem such that a solution appears to be another problem to you. You are so used to a problem such that when someone brings a solution, you see it as another problem because it's going to confront what you are used to. It's like couples when they are so much used to having conflicts. They fight every day. It's become their lifestyle. And then you come in trying to help and you become the problem because you are interrupting our lifestyle. People oppose the gospel because they have chosen to believe a lie. Demetrius and his company here Oppose the gospel because they believe a lie. Let me give you some few lies that we believe. Lie number one, God is not as good as he says he is. You've heard people say, if, if God is good, why is there evil? If God is so good, why are bad things happening? Why are people suffering? All those questions are questioning the goodness of God. He is not as good as he says he is. If God is so good, why is my son suffering? Why did my child die? Why did I get cancer? Why did God allow it? And Christians are tempted to ask the same question too. Lie number one, God is not as good as he says 
he is. The enemy wants people to believe that there is a better offer away from God. That's what he did with Adam and Eve, right? You shall not die. Your eyes will be opened. You will be like gods. God is lying to you. There is something better that you are yet to experience. Lie number two. Man or every person is good, but sometimes people are good, but sometimes they do bad things. And even Christians, some Christians believe this. You will hear Christians say, oh, I believe everyone is good. You know, we are all good people, but sometimes we do bad things. You know, that is a lie because it's meant to make you feel self-righteous so that you can avoid repenting or being accountable before God. The Bible says there is no one who is good. There is no one who is righteous. Romans 3 verse 10. In verse 23 it says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The reason we do bad things is because we are bad people. That's the bad news. All have sinned. We sin because we are sinners. Sin is not an action that you, you learn. Sin is a desire that is in us. We are born with the want to do wrong. We are not good people who do bad things. We are bad people who do bad things. In fact, before God, if you're not a believer, even the good things that you do are still sinful because they are done outside a relationship with God. I remember saying here, and you all know, an apple tree is not an apple tree because it produces apples. It produces apples because it is an apple tree. Did I confuse you there? It's not the apples that make the tree. It's the tree that makes the apples. An apple tree is an apple tree even when there are no apples. You understand now? So, we are sinners even when we are not sinning. Because we are born with a want to do wrong. And only Jesus Christ can transform our lives. 
So lie number one, God is not as good as he says he is. Lie number two, people are good, but they sometimes do bad things. Here is lie number three. You can choose what to worship and it will not harm you. You can choose what to worship and there will be no harm. It's a choice you can make. Whatever you choose to worship cannot harm you. Because the enemy wants people to worship something else rather than God. And that's why the gospel appears to be controversial because it, it, it proclaims the worship of one person, of one God. That's why Christians are seen as intolerant. Because they claim there is one way, there is one Lord. And God has not left it to us to give people another offer. Look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5. I'll be done here in a few minutes. I don't usually preach this long. <laughs> Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 45, sorry, did I say 5? 45. From verse 5 to 7, the Bible says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the raising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light, I create darkness, I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Satan wants people to worship something else. He wants them to think that they can worship something else until they find themselves in hell. The greatest deception is to think that you can find your own way to heaven. It is to think that you can worship a God of your choice, a God of your imagination, and still go where God says he lives, and still go to heaven. That's the greatest deception. And there are so many people today, especially in this culture, that have chosen to worship other gods and other things. And they are convincing themselves that they will still find their way 
to God. That is the greatest deception. There are people that believe that because of what they do, they are saved. And yet, they have believed a lie. It's important for you to know before you believe a lie that all lies originate from the devil. John chapter 8 verse 44, Jesus says he is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And truth is not in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks his native language. The language that the enemy understands is a lie. So before you believe a lie, you need to know that all lies come from the devil. Now here is the flip side of this. Before you lie, do you hear me, this, this section here? Before you tell a lie, you need to know that the devil is the father of all lies. So when you are lying, you are doing his will. Whether it's a white lie or a blue lie, it's still... A lie. The other thing you need to know before you believe a lie is that God is truth. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't say there is another way he doesn't say there is another truth. He doesn't say there is another life. And this God, if you are a believer, he is always with you. He has promised that he will never leave you. In this passage, when the rioting is continuing, Paul desires to speak, but he doesn't get a chance. And then if you look at verse 35, the assembly is in confusion. You look at verse 35, I see God intervening here through the city clerk or the town clerk. He quieted the crowd and said, fellow Ephesians, doesn't all the world know that the city of Ephesus is the guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Therefore, since these facts are undeniable, that's how convinced they are of their God. You ought to come down not to do anything rash. 
You have brought this man here, though they have neither robbed temples nor blasphemed our goddess. If then Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a grievance against anybody, the courts are open and there are proconsuls there. The city clerk is intervening here on behalf of Paul and company. This is God's intervention. This is God confirming to Paul what he had said earlier in a vision, that I will be with you. And of course, the commotion ends and he dismisses the assembly. God has promised to always be with you. Now, some of us will not have an experience like this. We will not face this kind of opposition. But when it happens, we should not be surprised. We should not be shocked when people riot against us, when we are opposed. We should always know that God is with us. And we should always know that as long as you choose to proclaim the truth, there will be people who will oppose you because they have chosen to believe a lie. God is truth. We are told in Titus 1 verse 2, he does not lie. We are told in Hebrews 6, 18, he does not lie. He cannot lie. He will not lie. Because he is truth. While the devil is a liar. That means he will never speak the truth. He will always contradict what God says. And the word of God invites us to experience the grace of God that transforms us. Because the word of God exposes the lies of the enemy. The word of God exposes the lies of the enemies. And Christians, Christians are not exempt when it comes to the lies of the enemy. Christians, many of us are still struggling to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We know that we should, but we are not. Many of us are still struggling to forgive others. It's not an issue of knowing. It is an issue of submission. And let me tell you this. 
in every sin that we commit as Christians, there is a lie we have believed. In every sin we commit as Christians, there is a lie that we have believed. Either we tell ourselves, I won't get caught. No one will see me. No one knows. No one will know. I am alone here. I can do what I want. There is always a lie that we believe because sin is submission to the enemy. And here is the bad part. Because when we sin, we are submitting to the enemy, sin transfers power to the enemy as well. That means at that moment of sin, he has the power over us because we are submitting to him. I'm telling you this for free. God's word will expose the lies of the enemy. And as a believer, that's where you can be safe, in God's word. And therefore, I want to give you a minute right now. If you are a believer, ask yourself, what are some of the lies that you believe? Or maybe your prayer should be, God, help me to identify the lies in my life so that I can be truthful. If you're not a believer, What is it that is stopping you from turning to the Lord? What lie are you holding on to? Take a minute, please. And if the Holy Spirit makes it clear to you, then this is your time to ask the Lord to forgive you so that you can be on the truth, so that you can submit not to the enemy, but to the Lord. Father, I thank you again this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for helping us, for helping me see those areas of my life that I have believed a lie. And I thank you, Lord, that you are willing to forgive me, that you are willing to walk with me in the path of righteousness, the path of truth. Thank you, Father, that I can trust you and that I can turn to you. 
And thank you, Lord, for your children who are gathered here, for your sons and daughters that you call by your name. I thank you for their lives. And it is my prayer, Lord, that you can speak to their hearts and that through your word, expose the lies that they may have believed and lead them to the way of the truth. Thank you for this day and thank you for this worship service. In Jesus' name, amen.